Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Hi there, and welcome back. Hopefully everybody's doing well today. My name is Emmett Sweeney, and I will be your host for this episode of The Classic Holdup. I'm a senior here at Michigan State University uh, studying media and information, and at the time of this recording, I'm going to be graduating in a couple of weeks, so I'm really excited to have this be one of my final projects as an undergrad. So the piece of media we're going to be discussing on today's episode is a fantastic movie, one that I love rewatching, and that is Joe Johnston's Jumanji, which came out in 1995. So first off, if you haven't seen Jumanji, I highly recommend it. The PG film starts with these two young boys set in 1869 in the middle of the woods. It's very ominous with spooky sound effects, dark lighting, and fog impairing your vision. These boys are burying a chest in the ground, and we don't know the contents. One of them asks, what if someone digs it up? And the other answers with a very sinister voice, may God have mercy on his soul. So at this point in the movie, it doesn't seem like a very kid-friendly story, but it is rated PG. But we'll get into that later. We jump forward 100 years to 1969, and we're introduced to this young boy named Alan Parrish. Now, Alan gets bullied a lot, and his very successful businessman father tells him he needs to face his fears head-on like a man. And sure enough, Alan gets beat up because of this advice. After this, he stumbles upon the box that was being buried 100 years earlier, and it contains the board game Jumanji. He and his friend Sarah start playing the game later that night, but when Alan gets an unfortunate roll of the dice, he gets sucked into the board. Like physically, his body is sucked into the centerpiece of the board, and Sarah runs for the hills. One more flash forward 26 years later, and this is where the real story of the film begins. Alan, who is now played by the wonderful Robin Williams, is released from the board game after two kids stumbled upon it rolled a five. From here on out in the movie, the now-adult Alan and Sarah have to finish their game that they started 26 years ago with these two young siblings, Peter and Judy. Every time anyone rolls something, something terrible happens. Whether it be a flash flood, a stampede of animals, running through the town, or a hunter named Van Pelt looking to shoot Alan. It's very chaotic, and the first time you watch it, you have no idea what's going to happen next. So for my personal experience with this film, I am the youngest of four in my family. The oldest being my sister, who is seven years older than me, and the two middle are my older brothers. The reason I chose to do Jumanji for this podcast is because growing up we had it on VCR, and the movies you had on VCR back then were the movies you saw a lot. Now, having three older siblings, all who played sports, meant we were on the road a lot, going to soccer, basketball, and baseball games all the time. We had a big old Chevy Suburban with a lot of room in the back for four kids. The reason I'm telling you this is because my parents had to find a way to keep all of us entertained for the many hour-plus car rides we had every week. 
So they figured out that they could fit probably a 13 or 14 inch box TV right behind the center console. And this TV had a VHS player connected to it so you could watch VCR movies. So during all these car rides, they would throw one of the few VCR movies we had in the back into it and we would all shut up and watch. And of course, one of those movies being Jumanji. Now, I don't remember when the first time I saw Jumanji was, but what I do remember was that it was scary. I must have been younger than 10 years old when I first started watching it. I think the reason I was scared of it when I was that young is because one of the punishments that happens after the dice are rolled was that a troop of monkeys were released onto the house that they were playing and eventually onto the city. And these monkeys are CGI, and for a 1995 film, they look pretty realistic. These monkeys got up to no good, just absolute chaos. But I think the thing that scares me the most was just the way they looked. But overall, I love rewatching the film. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I'm glad doing this podcast brought me back to it. It definitely brings back some memories of sitting in the back of our Suburban while my siblings are playing a soccer game and it's just me in the car watching alone, scared in the back seat. So that's enough about me. Now I'm excited to introduce my guest for today's episode, Lucas Day. Lucas, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. So can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? What you do? Are you in school? Yeah, so I have a journalism degree from Michigan State. I was in the class of 2020, but I was a little bit more written media, so podcasting's new to me. However, I am a huge Jumanji fan, mm-hmm. always have been, so that's <laughs> why I kind of jumped at this opportunity. Currently, I'm a master's student in the Michigan State School of Social Work. Gotcha. Very cool. And we're roommates. Yes. <laughs> so did you watch Jumanji as a kid? And if you did, what do you remember like thinking about it when you were younger? Oh, yeah, we watched it all the time. I couldn't tell you how many times we watched Jumanji and uh, mostly because it was like my mom's favorite movie. I mean, my mom, oh, okay. would, you know, she, she's got five kids and she'd, you know, sit us all down and uh, she'd drink a couple beers and turn on Jumanji. <laughs> and she knew that, you know, we could all, all watch it. We're spaced out. Like my oldest brother's eight years older than my youngest sister. Yeah. And, you know, Jumanji's kind of a versatile film that, you know, the youngest sister could like it while the older brother likes it. And I, I, I don't think that there's that many movies that are like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why it was so often watched in our house. Yeah, because my older sister's seven years older than me, so it was kind of the same way for us because she would enjoy it even as much as us three younger brothers. Um, so as the listener, you guys know the drill. Lucas and I are here to discuss whether or not the Jumanji film still holds up to its original release. And of course, we weren't alive yet when this film was initially released. So Lucas, how do you think the movie was viewed by the public when they first saw it? Well, I mean, the CGI for a 1995 film in this, was it was outstanding. So I mean, I I think that just the visual appeal of this movie alone Mm -hmm. would be a huge draw, especially for the time. But I mean, at the same time, it's Robin Williams. True. Everybody loves Robin Williams. He's he's just done incredible, incredible work. Definitely, yeah. So I I think that would draw a lot of people in. And I I will say, I love Dead Poets Society. I love Mrs. Doubtfire. This Mm -hmm. is my favorite Robin Williams movie. Oh, okay. Far and away. Yep. He's just so good in this. So, I mean, I certainly think that it would have been popular at the time. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So there were mixed reviews when it was released in 95, but it was a box office hit. 
it grossed 263 million worldwide with a budget of only 65 million. And I say only 65, but that's a massive budget. And this just barely squeaked Jumanji in at number 10 on the highest grossing films of 1995. Um, The year following its initial release, an animated show with the same name aired from 96 to 99. Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah, so I saw that when I was looking stuff up for this film, and I watched the uh, the pilot episode, and it it was loosely based on kind of what the movie was, and it was it looked kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's loosely related on the movie. I only watched the pilot episode, but instead of everything happening in the real world, Judy and Peter were also sucked into the game, and that's where she met Alan in the jungle. So instead of, like, the city that they were running around in the movie. I mean, at least for the first episode, they were actually in the jungle, which was a a cool take on it. So anyway, back to the movie. Uh, The film won two major awards in 96, uh, both of them being Saturn Awards, which are pretty much like the Oscars of science fiction and horror films. Um, I'll give you one of them and see if you can guess what the second one is. The first award was for Best Supporting Actress, which was won by Bonnie Hunt, who played Sarah in her adult years. Uh, what do you think the second award that it won was? I'd have to imagine imagine it's visual effects. Oh, okay. yep, you're right. Yeah, it was uh, the special effects. And like I mentioned before, the special effects were definitely ahead of its time. And the person that led the special effects team was named Stan Parks, who worked on a lot of other really well-known films like the Taken series with Liam Neeson, uh, Need for Speed, and Man of Steel, which are all heavily special. What's the word? Heavily special affected. CGI'd? CGI'd, know. yeah. <laughs> Something along those lines. So the film did pretty well back in the 90s. Um, how do you think it would do if it was released today in 2022? Well, I mean, the plot still holds up, right? Like, mm-hmm. they just released those movies with The Rock, what, three, four years ago? They made two of them within the last few years. Yep. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that um, cartoon series, because that's the plot of the new ones, is they get sucked into the game. Right. And so I, I feel like the plot definitely holds up. Mm-hmm. Personally, I mean, I, I watched this movie for the first time in at, at least a while, the 1995 film, a couple weeks ago. So did I, yeah. I hadn't seen it in a couple years. And and I like it more than more than the new films. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do have to wonder, because um, I feel like so much much, uh, you know, so much stuff with film now, it's it's based on social media reaction. Like, that's how they get the word out. Right. And uh, just the general absurdity of this film. Because if you have not seen this movie, this movie is just, uh, <laughs> it's just absolute chaos. Oh, yeah. You know? That's all it is. And I, so I have to wonder if people on social media would be dunking on this film. I think of the new Space Jam movie. Like, when the new Space Jam movie yeah. came out, everybody's just like, this is unrealistic. You know, this is mm-hmm. absurd. I'm like, this movie is made for children. Um, I don't think that you should be tearing the plot around that much. You know, they're, they're, they're worth Looney Tunes. Right. And, you know, this is, a, this is a movie where stuff's coming out of a board game. And people are going to be questioning. <laughs> you know the characters the characters what they're doing the kid turning into a monkey that was just hilarious i thought oh definitely but it was just such a big jump and you know you mentioned the monkeys driving around that that is hands down my favorite part of the movie because they're shooting off shotguns they're stealing police motorcycles it is it's it reminds me of gremlins a little bit just just the chaos that these monkeys are creating on the town and I, I have to wonder if people, you know, today would be like, monkeys can't drive. This is ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. people would like nitpick it because that's what they do now. Yeah, they'd be like, where are where are the police people? I, <laughs> yeah. So I have to wonder if, you know, just social media people looking to dunk on a kid's movie would, mm-hmm. would hurt it a little bit today. But I, I love it. I think it's just terrific. Yeah. Well, we say it's a kid's movie, but like 
like like you said, it's just chaos. These kids are practically like on the verge of death the whole movie. And so that that was one of the things I saw in the reviews when it uh first came out. It was like, is this really kid friendly? Because these kids are almost dying every five minutes left and right from all these uh things coming into the world. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean it's that's why I think that's why I like it, is mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, it's 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 start to finish you know something's happening there's always something to watch yeah uh, you don't get caught in these heavy dialogue themes they don't try to make it too heavy or emotional which you know i think a lot of movies do that now um it's it's just something to watch the other thing is um you know cliches are built over time you know when we say something is a, is a cliche it's probably because you know movies used to use it a lot and i i feel yeah, like there are to start somewhere yeah yeah and, and I, I think there are cliches in this movie you know alan's getting chased by bullies in the start his dad's mm-hmm. you know an uppity rich uh, factory work uh, factory owner he's gonna send him to boarding school <laughs> and i don't know how many boarding schools there were in the 60s but i right. feel like every single movie that i watched that's set in the 60s like the kid's main issue is his dad sending threatening to send him to boarding <laughs> school and so you know you do have some of those cliches and i i, I I, I personally, I love it. I think that they're hilarious. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, cliches are cliches because they were funny at one point. Yeah. And, yeah. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, we kind of have something to base today's release on because in uh, there were two Jumanji films released in 2017 and 2019. The 2017 one grossed just shy of a billion dollars. So that one did amazing, uh, becoming the fifth highest grossing film of 2017. And the 2019 one grossing 800 million, a little less, but uh, making it just like the 95 film. Um, so you said, did you see those? I did. I haven't seen the second one yeah. um, since it came out, and I, you know that one didn't quite keep my attention. But I, I, I did watch them. I thought the first one was pretty good. I like The Rock. People, you know, make fun of him because he's not a good actor. But uh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I saw the first one uh, mainly because of the cast. Uh, I. I like the 95 film. I didn't see a reason to like redo it, but it's got four of the most famous actors in the world. It's got rock, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, Karen Gillan. Uh, it's probably one of the main reasons that those films did so well. Um, also because of just having the name Jumanji, I'd say. So thinking about how the film is looked back on today, I don't really think it's in people's minds as much as some other like nineties classics like Forrest Gump, Titanic, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, those kind of movies. And the difference between all those and Jumanji uh, is Jumanji science fiction. So it it was definitely different than most of the 90s film that did super well. And being science fiction, like you said earlier, the CGI. And it's really cool how they did it. I did some research prior to this and they had to get over some massive hurdles with this movie. Like, because practically every single scene, like you said, chaos the whole time. And a lot of the special effects were a combination of traditional elements like puppetry and animatronics um, with CGI. And take the stampede running through the house, for example. Uh, The way they did it is that they shot Robin Williams just in the library yelling stampede was coming and him running out of the library. And then the stampede like runs through the bookshelves on the walls right behind him. And the way they did it is a recorded a metal battering ram in the shape of a rhino coming through the um, the bookshelf. And then they kind of just pasted the CGI over that. And then on top of that, pasted everybody running in front of them. So it was cool that they they made the bookshelf actually like pretty much explode. That wasn't fake, but the, obviously all the animals were. 
And that's how a lot of these scenes went. Like first when the monkeys are introduced in the kitchen, as you remember, uh, when they're throwing everything around and we're just peeking through the door, a lot of the stuff that's being thrown around and broken is actually happening. And then the special effects team just kind of pastes all the monkeys in, making it look like they're the ones throwing the ladles and the plates around. And I saw a clip of that whole scene without the monkeys in it, and it was just funny seeing, like, you just see plates, forks, and everything being thrown around, but with no monkeys in it. They just used kind of little uh, little explosives or, like, sticks of people, like, swinging everything. And, yeah, that's the CGI in this is just, it was really cool to see. Okay, so we've talked about the past. Um, we've talked about the present. Next question, do you think people will continue to watch this in the future? And if they do, do you think they will even like the movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I think a big reason for that is just Robin Williams. He's mm-hmm. just such an iconic actor. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. You know, undoubtedly one of the greatest of his generation. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I do think the movie carries over. Like, uh, you may not have, you know, some of the modern technology, but you it's, it's late enough, you know, the 90s that people kind of understand what's going on. I feel like some of the older movies don't carry on because you don't understand that they make like pop culture references or references to things that are going yeah. on. And people don't really understand the context. I don't, you know, this is just a fun movie. I don't think that you really need the context of the times, mm-hmm. uh, which, which does help it stand up over time, I think. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we are going to start discussing some elements of the film and if they hold up today or if they don't hold up at all. We'll be right back. My name is Julian Stainback. My name is Ben Kirsch. My name is Chris Doubles. When I complete my degree, I want to become a news producer. I want to work somewhere in the film industry. I want to work for the UFC. My name is Julian Steinbeck. My name is Ben Kirsch. My name is Chris. And, and I, I am, am Comartsai. Start your journey at comartsai.msu.edu. And we are back. All right, Lucas, thank you so much again for coming in today. Yeah, for sure. So now in the podcast, we're going to do a little Q&A and talking about our favorite scenes from the film and how they contributed to the overall feel of the movie. So Lucas, could you talk about what your favorite scene was in Jumanji and why you choose it to be your favorite scene? Yeah, so my favorite my favorite scene is when they're in the they're in like the department store type thing and uh, Van Pelt's hunting them, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Judy and Peter, they set all the traps. They put, I, I think it's like paint they put on the ground so he slips. And yeah. they, they put the air tanks on the c- canoe and they shoot it through all the aisles of the store and they just knock everything over and they, you know, hit Van Pelt with it. Yeah. And I, I mean, essentially they home alone him, right? They booby, pa- they booby trapped this entire department store 
And I, I, I think that all films should, somebody should be getting home alone, you know, at least <laughs> once. Just make makeshift traps, you know. I, I, I just want to see something silly. I want, and I don't care if it's like almost cartoonish. You, if you've got to have a piano falling out of the sky because it's attached to something <laughs> that somebody steps on, you know. I, I think that every single film should home alone somebody at least once. Yeah. They had four or five traps. I absolutely loved that scene. Just uh, Van Pelt's facial reaction as that shelf's falling down on him with all the. Oh, paint Van Pelt's just great the whole. Time. The, the whole time <laughs> just his face though it just you know eyes eyes wide open mouth open is is, is the paints falling on him it, it, it looked cartoonish i yeah. absolutely love that scene yeah i was gonna say that's my favorite scene because of that reason the home alone aspect of it and as well as uh re-watching it i probably didn't think about this when i was younger but re-watching it seeing alan he's half monkey half boy in the store and He's running around doing all this stuff, gathering like the canoe, the a bench press, oh, submarine gear, like yeah, to propel it forward. Tapes. And not one time did anybody in the background even give this kid a second look. He literally has a tail. He's got fur all over his face. He's half monkey. And when I was rewatching it like last week, I was just, I was dying laughing because I was like, well, you think someone would say something? I mean, even though they're all looting and rioting right now, but uh, yeah, that was just a great scene overall so now we're going to try to figure out if this thing holds up by today's standards of a good movie we can talk about the aspects of the movie that do as well as the ones that might not hold up so is there anything in the movie first that you don't think holds up You know, I, I don't know if there's any, you know, main parts of this movie that don't hold up. It might be a little bit scary for a children's movie today. Right. That's, that's the one thing I might, I think they might tone down a little bit. Um, just just the idea of Alan being trapped in a board game for 26 years. Um, <laughs> he's talking about some of the things he says. Um, Van Pelt with the gun, he gets the AR. They might tone that back a little True, bit. True, yeah. Um, but, you know, by and large, I think that this is a movie that most of the main parts will would, would hold up today. Um, yeah, definitely. I didn't even think about Van Pelt with the gun running around the city. That, um, But there's a couple things I don't think hold up. The first being the end of the movie. And um, when Alan beats the game and says Jumanji, everything that is released from the board is sucked back into it, like Van Pelt, the Stampede, the Monkees. But once all that happens, we're back in the year 1969, and that doesn't really make sense because it like Sarah and Alan are now kids again, and the thing that doesn't make sense is they remember everything. So the question has to be asked, did the last, what is it, 26 years when he was stuck in the game just never happen? Or we kind of talked about this a couple of days ago, but is there another timeline that branched off? So... What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's that episode of Community where they're, uh, what are they doing? They're rolling the dice to decide who goes down and gets the pizza. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And they, they're creating all the alternate timelines. You know, if, if they roll a two, somebody goes down, you know, everything changes. Right. And, and one of the timelines, they come up and there's just, you know, everything's on fire. It's just <laughs> absolute chaos in the room. And I, 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 that's that's the theory I like, is that there's two different timelines that, that were created here. Mm-hmm. One where, 
you know, only Alan and Sarah remember it because um, Peter and Judy weren't born yet. Right. But then the other one where they have to deal with this mess, and I don't know how you get a stampede of animals out of the city. <laughs> um, I don't know where you go from there. Uh, they're going to have to buy a new home, certainly. Yeah. Um, so it, it might be tough times for <laughs> Judy and Peter uh, going forward in, in, in the one timeline. Uh, and I also, I wonder how Alan has to adjust, you know, he was just in a board game for 26 years. Like everything is completely different. Yeah. Um, he's been in the jungle, not having a single person to talk to other than Van Pelt. So <laughs> yeah, he just got dropped in. There's new technology, you know, is, is, I think they said his parents were dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a completely different world. Uh, yeah. Maybe the hardest part of uh, the entire situation for Alan is after the chaos is over because he kind of knows how to deal with all the animals and True, stuff. True, yeah, that was kind of more comfortable for him. I think they said that in the movie when uh, when all the vines like took over the house and it was might have been before the monsoon in the house, but he said like, "Oh, I'm right at home in here," <laughs> because I, yeah, he doesn't want to be out in a city because he hasn't seen a city in 26 years. We can talk about the theme of Jumanji. Uh, do you think the theme of the movie would hold up by today's standards of like what a good movie is? Yeah, I mean, I like we mentioned, the movie is absurd. It's it's supposed to be absurd, and I yeah. think that, you know, there's movies today do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't watch as many kid movies today as I did when I was a kid, but I still watch some, and you know that they're they're still chaotic. I, I think they're different. I, I like older kid movies better, um, but. Um, there, there's still that unrealistic aspect. So I do think it holds up. Um, I mean, just the plot alone, they just made the two new movies and I, they were very popular, but also Zathra came out in 2005. So that's like the three generations of movies that, you know, Zathra is just space Jumanji. If you haven't seen oh, it, they, yeah. yeah, they, they play the board game, their house gets shot up into space. And that's another one I need to rewatch. I, that was, I don't think we had it on VHS because that was what you said. It was 2005 when it came out. It was 2005. Yeah. yeah. Probably I don't know what we had it on, but uh, yeah, no, we watched that one as kids all the time too. Yeah, that was my older brother's favorite movie for four or five years. We actually have a Zathra mm-hmm. uh, board game at home. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, got to get the Jumanji one too. <laughs> yeah, I, I've looked. Uh, I, really? I haven't seen it. If they had the little thing in the center, like in the movie where it, you know, it reads the questions yeah. off. If I saw that, I don't know if I'd be able to like play more than once because that was the spookiest part of the movie right. to me. They're just, you know, you got riddles popping out. There's just the a little board. compartment on the side where it releases like a cockroach or something. That's yeah, that's, 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 that I, that's I, I was watching the movie and when those letters popped up because uh, after Sarah's role and then all the bats came out, I was like, I think I might be, you know, at that part, at that point, I might close the board game. I mean, uh, so you're you're like Sarah running for the hills right when Robin Williams gets, or not Robin Williams, but uh, Alan gets sucked right into the board. I might have run sooner than Sarah, to be honest. <laughs> uh, as soon as I saw it, because I asked a little riddle, and then all the bats came out. Right. I mean, it's an old house. Maybe there's bats in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the the center of the board, it's just got some spooky psychic type uh, energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all smoky, and it comes in and then fades away before you're done reading it. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie is an action-adventure movie, but it is also a comedy. Um and there were definitely some funny moments in it. Uh, what what do you think would be a couple funny moments that you think hold up for today's comedy standards? Well, definitely like the slapstick comedy, you know, just people getting hurt. Like we talked about in the department store where they get home alone. That's, yeah. You know, that's, that's hilarious. And I, I mean, I think the part of this movie I really liked is it's not relying on like zingers or jokes, which can be hit or miss. You know, it's just the situations they put people in are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think about, um, 
I think about when um, Peter's the monkey and they're walking home, you know, things are looking bad and he's crying and you think that he's crying because he's been turned into a monkey oh, or yeah. because <laughs> his entire life is falling apart, you know. Those two things both both seem bad. So they gave him, you know, some inspirational inspirational speech and, they're, you know, they're like, does that make you feel better? And then he just, like, grabs his pants and rips them. He's not crying because, you know, everything has gone to hell. It's because his tail is stuck in his pants yeah. and he needs to let his tail out. <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. So we got some examples. Uh, overall, does the movie hold up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've got little nieces and nephews. Like, I'll show them Jumanji. Oh, and yeah. I, and I think that they'll love it. Um, it I, it's a kid's movie, but I, I genuinely believe, like, people our age you know young adults if you show them jumanji for the first time they'll love it yeah no i'm i'm the same way if, if i ever have kids someday i'm definitely this is going to be one of the movies i show them uh even though it is scary i but it's not like the the traumatizing scary it's like oh my gosh like there's a there's a line in your living room that kind of scary uh so i think it's great for kids uh maybe today if it was released i think it would be pg-13 if it was like the same movie yeah, I, I, I think there's a good chance, but, you know, it's not it's not anything. I feel like if you watch it with your parents, you know, it's, mm. it's better. There's nothing, like, edgy that you would, like, oh, I don't want my kids seeing that. I mean, some of these PG-13 movies, again, are real adult adult stuff. This, oh, isn't, yeah. this is not an adult movie. I no. think adults will join it, will enjoy it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a fun, you know, it's it's a kid's movie. It's just that there's some, some elements of it that might be a little bit scary, you know, kind of like Gremlins. Yeah, definitely good for the whole family to sit down and watch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, Lucas, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming out and doing the podcast with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you want to talk Jumanji, I'm down. (laughs) All right, sounds good. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our discussion about Jumanji, and have a great rest of your day. Find the classic holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.